This is Jim Salakrep, and you're listening to Superior Spider Talk. Welcome to the Superior Spider Talk. My name is Dan Gavazdin, and I'm the editor of GrindMyReels.com. And I'm Mark Chinacchio, editor of the Chasing Amazing blog. Thanks for joining us for the 25th, oh my God, we're a quarter of the way to 100 episode of Superior Spider Talk. Dan, if this was the 90s, we would have to emboss this episode in chromium, right? <laughs> Consider ourselves <laughs> in chromium during this whole episode. <laughs> We hope you enjoy this podcast and that it provides an intelligent conversation, although I don't know how intelligent it can be from inside Chromium, uh, <laughs> as, as your blog often points out, Mark. Yes. Uh, an intelligent conversation between two fans and collectors who have all the Chromium, as we <laughs> hope to look at the Spider-Man comic universe in a bit of a bigger picture. But we don't have the, all the variant editions, at least I don't. But for episode 25, we'll be discussing Superior Spider-Man 22. Then we'll answer some fan mail, and then we'll discuss the Superior Spider-Man annual number one. Annuals, my favorite, Dan. You know it. Uh, <laughs> if you want to skip to a specific section, just use the chapter selection arrows on your player. And if you hear this sound, please check out your iOS device for a link to an article, video, or image to enhance your listening experience. All right, Dan, let's let's start off with some Superior Spider-Man 22. Superior 22, you know, there was nothing objectively wrong about this issue, but to me, this totally felt like um, the definition of a setup issue. I mean, this is the first part of a four-part arc. We're bringing back uh, Agent Venom, a.k.a. Flash Thompson, from the late Venom series uh, that ended in October. Um, you know, I, I overall, we, we got Christos Gage um, on co-scripting duties, I guess, with Dan Slott. I, I always get a little confused when the two of them are paired up on one of these issues. I guess Dan gets the plotting credit and Christos gets the, um, the, the script. Um, but, you know, overall, in terms of a setup issue, I thought there were a lot of little... Um, Storylines that they were starting to tie in together, and they did it. They did it well. We we got a little taste of everything. We have obviously the main thrust of the issue, besides the Flash stuff, is the the birth of Parker Industries, 
Um, so we got some some spider Ock Otto acting as ego maniacal as as he's really been in this entire series. Um, we get Flash coming back to New York via the um, the calls for help from his old ex girlfriend Betty Brandt and the appearance of the Cry Master. Um, we get some uh, calls to Roderick Kingsley and his his uh, villains for hire gimmick or whatever you want to call it, villains for rent or for leasing or <laughs> for for franchising. Yeah. Um, we got some ongoing more. What happened to Carly with Captain uh, Wantanabe? I, I always say that wrong, so if I got that wrong again, I apologize. So, you know, a lot of different little things. We got some Jonah stuff thrown in here. Obviously, some Aunt May stuff. Cardiac reappears. Um, so, nothing wrong, but I, I also have the same token besides having all these little pieces on the puzzle get moved uh, on the chessboard get moved around. Can't say anything definitive happens in this issue, right, Dan? Yeah, I mean, there's a bit of a battle between Spider-Man and and uh, and Venom, and uh, Peter Parker. I guess I, I, we're we're meant to assume this is maybe the first time that he's had sex with Anna Maria, or, or completely an assumption, right? Because we don't see it. Yes, and and but something does get interrupted too. We we they, they establish that. Yes, so something is going on there. Something, something, something. But uh, what else? Uh, but yeah, I, I agree with you. This is all set up and little bits and pieces here and there. And and knowing that this is a four-part arc, you know, I'm, I'm okay with it. I mean, it's a little bit different than the past two issues we've gotten, which have been a lot of, like, dangling plot threads and little stories. But both of them felt like they had an overall story. And this one, you know, feels like it's just the beginning of something. But you know what? Everything's got to start somewhere. And for a start, this leaves me pretty intrigued. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, I, I thought this was probably one of the funnier issues of Superior Spider-Man we had. Like, I really got uh, a kick out of some of the the Spider-Ock one-liners. I mean, you know, in terms of, um, well, first he's quoting uh, Rorschach uh, at one point in, 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 when he's in Parker Industries. And, of course, there was the joke about the cake, but, you know, cake in the cafeteria, but don't get used to it. Um, even even his line with Flash at the end, you know, oh, why don't you tell somebody who cares or whatever, something along those lines. You have the Aunt May uh, awkward line with um, uh, Anna Maria and, and and the diversity at Parker Industries. What what did uh, you make of that? What did you make of that moment? I mean, obviously they're setting up the kind of sitcom reveal when Peter brings her over for dinner and it's going to be like, Oh my goodness, who is the, you know, I, I mean, it, it, it was, I don't know. Like, I mean, I don't know if, if everything we know about aunt may after 50 plus years, if she would even make a comment like that and to have like, um, Jameson then correct, you know, almost like, like, well, you know, I'm sure it's on her merits. I mean, it's just kind of felt a little heavy handed to me, uh, in terms of trying to establish the potential awkwardness two issues from now or th- or one issue from now, whenever the, the, the inevitable meetup between everybody, the family, meet the parents happens. Um, well, I just love but, how this book has been so careful not to really mention Anna, Anna Maria's, like, you know, shortcomings, if you will. Uh, right. And we had two of them in this issue because then there was the whole life is, and you know, and then she says, don't say short. So, I mean, like, definitely. And I don't know if that's a byproduct of Gage's, getting the script over slot, but yeah, they, they definitely seem to be 
the most of that since probably what the the the, the jester and screwball issue, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's just funny that it came back up out of nowhere. I mean, I, I I didn't have a problem with it. I just thought it was interesting that like May's initial comments about it are like questionable comments that Jay has to correct. Yeah, definitely. And 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 again, like I said, I don't know if if. You know, the May that we've known and loved for all these years would make a comment like that or need to be corrected about that by 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 Jameson. But you know what? Whatever. It's their story. It's it's like I said, it's it's clear that they're trying to set up something down the road um, in the terms of Anna Maria. So, you know, we, we were talking earlier about them, him and her and, and Otto getting interrupted and, and, you know, not not to go down this rabbit hole, Dan, but in terms of what may or may not have happened i mean is is this do we have reason to kind of view this as questionable in terms of you know the morals and ethics of what's going on here i mean is you know there was all this outrage during after asm 700 and the first few issues of superior that you know mary jane was going to get back together with peter and something was going to happen and then you know would this be would that technically be rape because you know, it's not Peter. And of course, you know, Slop kind of put that to bed by you pulling the plug on any kind of romance there. But, you know, here, if something does physically happen, is where does this fall on the on the on the ethics and moral scale to you? Yeah, I don't know. I, I wouldn't consider this rape. Uh, I think the difference is with Mary Jane, like, was that he was utilizing like her past history with Peter to deceive her. Um, but as like a human being and someone who has full like like uh, I guess capabilities of, of her over her own mind and body. Like Anna Maria is sleeping with a new man. Like no matter how evil he is, like the, she's doing it of her own free will, knowing all that I think will be required to like sleep with someone. Like he's not deceiving her. He has like met her on his own, established a relationship like as he is. No matter how much it disturbs us to see it happening, like to see Peter's body be paraded around him. Um, you know, I think like she's getting, I don't think she's not like getting a real deal here. Like for all we, the only reason it might be weird to us is that we think Peter's coming back, but for her, like, and for the rest of the world, this is the new Peter Parker. Yeah. This is, this is the man that she, she knows and has been with. No, I, I just wanted to kind of raise that question because, you know, like, you know, I, 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 obviously didn't get didn't get the sense of outrage from people in the aftermath of this issue of course it came out the wednesday before thanksgiving so you know that's kind of difficult to to get a pulse on on where the fan base is when you got a holiday in the middle of things but um i don't know it just it just kind of said you know it it was something that i kind of wanted to put a pin in and be like all right do we do is this something we might need to think about down the line um if and when the truth comes out um is is she going to um if Anna Maria isn't kind of given to the sacrificial lamb of Gwen Stacy gods and the Goblination Arc <laughs> if she's around long enough to get for the reveal, I guess, um, you know, is this gonna become questionable or not? Just something I was throwing out there. Again, I don't want I don't want to dwell too much on it. Um but anyway, so um what else do we got in this issue, uh Dan, that you that you Wanted to talk about. Well, I wanted to talk about this, like, uh, what seems to be a maybe less than ethical solution to May's injury. Like, uh, they're talking about, like, uh, cybernetics and stuff. Are we going to get the reveal of, like, a silver May? 
Oh, and as long as we're not hunting for the head of Silver May, right? Yeah, yeah. What, what do you like, <laughs> do? Do you think that that's like legit, or like just having the appearance of cardiac there, and uh, you know, Doctor Octopus saying it's all going according to plan? Like, does that does that leave you thinking that we're going to get like a cybernetic like Aunt May? I don't even know. I mean, there's a part of me that thinks that. You know, and maybe this is wishful thinking. I don't even say wishful thinking, but I don't know. But are we even going to see the, the the conclusion to that little dangling thread before everything goes to hell in Goblin Nation in a couple couple months? I don't know. I mean, I, that's, I gotta I, I gotta think so. I gotta think so. It's been dangling for so long. All right. I mean, Silver May. Does kind of make sense, so it rolls off the tongue nicely, doesn't it? It, it really does. I mean, was do, 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 if, you know, for all you continuity buffs out there, I mean, there was there any kind of overlap between Doc Ock and Silvermane back in the day? I I don't I don't know, but uh, I, I don't mean that like legitimately. I just thought it was a funny name, but <laughs> I don't I, know. I'm just I'm just trying to see if there was like some kind of callback. You know what I mean? Like I, I mean, it would make even more sense. You know, if there was. But you're right. I mean, it's it's not. It's probably not um, going to be literally Silver May, but it would. It, it, it's a good name. So let's 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 roll with it, Dan. Yeah. What What do you think about JJ and his new idea? Do you think you know he's talking about uh, Peter Parker's uh, or not Peter Parker Spider Man's? Robots. When he comes up with an idea, do you think we might see the return of uh, the Spider Slayers, like well, on, on his hand? I was gonna say, who's around to operate them now? Because Smythe is gone, right? So, uh, I mean, would Jonah do that again after all this trauma? Who knows? I mean, the thing—the thing with Jonah is, I mean, when 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 Spider-Man dropped the blackmail on him in, in after issue thirteen, I mean, I, I I know I said on chasing and probably said in our podcast as well that you know jonah is somebody that he probably should not have crossed the way he did like you can't get away with blackmailing J. jonah jameson for long that's that man is a survivor and he will find a way to get back at you and and, and rain vengeance upon you um so spider slayers is, is as good as guest as anybody i don't know if i have any other theories beyond that i mean i just kind of took that line for more or less an affirmation of all right Jonah Jonah has been pushed to the point of of wanting to fight back now and he's going to start fighting back and we're going to see that happen very soon I'm assuming yeah uh what did you think about uh the depiction of Flash here um I I liked it a lot I, I it was kind of it kind of reminded me of of Agent Flash Venom from the uh, early part of the Rick Remender run I mean it kind of you know Kind of more of that dopey, wants to be the hero, but but can't really be, and 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 you know the the it's much better than the Cullen Bun, you know, fighting the Devil Spawn against Crossbones and and Mephisto and all these other characters that I just don't see having any interaction in a Venom story, uh, having having any kind of sense to that, so. Um, but I, I, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed the conversation between him and Betty because, you know, Betty just has so much up on Flash. I mean, it's like it kind of goes back to, you know, what did she see in him in the first place? But, you know, we, we talked a little bit about that last episode where, you know, Betty, Betty, Betty sometimes goes looking for trouble, I think, with with her taste in men. Um, 
But um, no, I, 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 I enjoyed Flash here, and, 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 and I hope this is the Flash we get for the next three uh, issues. I think we will with, with him being out of Colin Bunn's hands. Yeah, I liked it a lot too. It's it's nice to see all that demon stuff go straight to the back back burner. Um, you know, I, yeah. I I always thought that Venom series should have ended with the final issue from Remender, which I thought was an amazing issue and and tied everything together. And uh, and here we get to see that fun that fun idea being paraded around again. So that was nice nice to see. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know, and in, in terms of ideas coming back, I mean, the whole thing with the crime master was it wasn't actually uh, the crime master; it was just someone renting out the gimmick. So the Roderick Kingsley uh, gimmick is alive and well, and with the solicit- solicitation saying that the original Hobgoblin is going to be in an upcoming issue, I gotta wonder where is Roderick Kingsley fit into everything right now? Is he gonna? Is he gonna? Would he dare to franchise out the Green Goblin? Uh, I think it's an interesting idea, but I I don't think they're associated. I think you know based on the last like uh, Hobgoblin issues we got uh, a couple of issues ago, like I don't think that the Green Goblin really knows much about the Hobgoblin dynamic, and like so he you know he hires him into his into his team and then dresses up as him. I think he's more looking to to uh, battle him for the remaining control over the over the city and uh the remain like because right now you have two different forces at play in new york city you've got um superior spider-man who's trying to take down all crime and essentially rule the city you know for good or whatever and then you have the goblin trying to take over all the city for evil or whatever um although we haven't seen a lot of him doing evil things rather than rounding up everybody that's bad or whatever. So I think the the final like member of that of the group, you know, of of control in the city is probably uh, Roderick Kingsley and all the, you know, costumes he's renting out. So that's where I think he plays in is at, in the middle of this war. Right. I I guess to me though it's just, you know, timing is always everything with it seems with a dance slot story it seems um and you know, we, we we really haven't dealt with this whole. I mean, I know during the uh, the the two parter with Hobgoblin a few issues ago with Phil Yurick, you know, he talked about not having the money from the Kingpin gravy train to you know pay off Kingsley. But like, you know, this idea that Kingsley is more than just renting out the Hobgoblin really hasn't been dealt with since what Danger Zone. Uh, back in ASM six ninety four five six whatever that was the the the, the arc preceding Dying Wish, um, so it's kind of I just find the timing of of the reintroduction of this idea to be interesting and 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 I think it's intentional and I think it's going to factor in somehow more than just about control you know what I mean like 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 why 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 are we fixating on the fact that Kingsley is giving away Crime Master. Well, we, a, did, we did see it in issue 10, uh, where the White Dragon was another purchase uh, All right. from Kingsley. So I don't think it's out of nowhere. But I can see mm. what you're saying. Are you are you thinking that maybe Kingsley is wearing the Green Goblin outfit? No, I don't think that. I don't think that. But I do wonder if if Kingsley is maybe responsible for setting up the Green Goblin. It's an interesting idea. Let's keep like, that one in our minds, but yeah, I don't know yeah. if you've convinced me. But I will be I, the first to eat crow on that. 
I, I mean, again, it doesn't mean anything. I mean, but, you know, when we were talking about potential suspects last episode and we mentioned, um, uh, what's his name? Um, Vin Gonzalez. Thank you. Um, you know, it would, would, would Vin be renting it out from Roderick and would one of the Osbournes get really cheesed off by it? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's just, it's just something to, to think about, you know, like, like how, how deep does the Kingsley, does the Kingsley business plan go? Um, so you're right. Let's stick a pin in it and keep moving. What did, uh, uh, what did you think about the artwork in this issue? Oh man, I, 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 I thought this was really vintage Ramos work. Um, and you know, it looks like from uh, an inking standpoint, he was paired up with um, Victor Olazaba again. Who, I mean, Olazaba, I feel like really works well with Ramos. Um, I know the two of them did a lot on Spider Island together back in the heyday, and that's and Spider Island was probably my favorite run of Ramos work uh, in terms of just the scope of it. Um, I, I, I enjoyed seeing Ramos do a Venom story. You know, on Chasing Amazing, I mentioned that I don't remember Ramos doing one, and then someone pointed out that. Uh, there was Paul Jenkins' spectacular issues. There's a Venom run from like the early 2000s. That someone so, would be me. The only other someone. Didn't didn't was it? You? I don't think it was you who left me that comment though, Dan. Oh, not on your blog, but on the show. It doesn't. Oh, matter. right, right. Well, point. <laughs> I just say no. Someone on the blog was like, yeah, I think it's our. I think it was our good friend Cass who obviously leaves us some great uh, fan mail here too. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, like Ramos looked great. Delgado's color scheme was amazing. I thought in these issues, I mean, I just really liked the look of this issue a lot. And I'm right in lock with you. You know, I always enjoy Ramos and this is one of his finer ones. I love seeing his Peter Parker and he gets to do him in the full science gear in this one and seeing his like very erect, you know, uh, like rigid, you know, super villainish. Uh, moves in, in that suit were really funny. I, I laughed out loud reading this for some some of the some of the poses that he is putting on uh, in his you know sci- uh, science labs. Yeah, I mean it just it just that 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 kinetic energy of Ramos. I mean it really worked here. I mean you know like Ramos really has been on fire. I feel in Superior. I mean the only issue where I kind of felt a little clunked down by him was the Shadowland one. I mean that that Shadowland issue just kind of seems to be the the um the bad egg in the bunch, so to speak, or the bad apple in the bunch, whatever your uh analogy uh cliche du jour should be. But I mean this was this was to me this was vintage Ramos in the good way. I will say though, his Anna Maria looks like a child. Yeah. Um although I, I would I would say that I I, I Common Coley still has the best Anna Maria. I, I, I agree. Uh, um, but I felt that Ramos was at least a step up from what we were seeing from Stegman uh, in his last arc with Anna Maria. I mean, like, that was really kind of childish looking. Yeah. The last few. But so I, I, I say it's kind of in the middle of, of, of what Ryan was doing and what and what Giuseppe was doing. But, but it's a so tough was, thing when you're working with, uh, like, uh, cartoonish styling to make someone look like old but young you know because everybody yeah. looks young in these yeah yeah but i mean it wasn't it wasn't enough to throw me out of the moment i mean there were there were some moments with with stegman's and maria where i was kind of taken out of the moment like i i keep thinking back to that panel of her at the softball game yeah i, I that's exactly the one i think about too 
Um, so, so this is, this was, you know, this wasn't enough to like really detract from it. Um, so, so, uh, how would you grade this one out then? Well, I would give this one a B. I thought it was, you know, a, a pretty solid issue, better than, than average. Uh, it's got a nice setup to the story and, and really that art is fantastic. And, and you know what? I will say this, uh, Christos Gage wrote some pretty nice stuff here. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm I'm going to agree with you. Also, give this a B. I mean, in many ways, I like this just as much as the last two issues we reviewed, which I gave B pluses. But because this was more setup than actual motion, I'm I'm just going to drop the plus on this. But I, I'm definitely looking forward. I'm I'm in, I'm into this story. I was worried. We talked about this last episode. Would we be kind of running in place here with with slot taking a breather, engaged doing the the scripting? Um, but no, this this is this looks like it's shaping up to be a fun arc. Awesome. Well, uh, Mark, let's get into some fan mail. Sure, Dan. Some fan mail sounds good. Why don't you first tell us where all of our great fans can find us? Well, of course, you can go on iTunes and leave us a comment, which we really love, uh, and we'll read all of your comments on our iTunes page here on the show. But you can also send us fan mail or any questions or anything like that to superiorspidertalk at gmail.com. And the one today we got uh, comes from our friend Zachary Sobzak, which I'm probably mispronouncing. Um, but That's okay. No one gets your name right either, Dan. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I <laughs> say it. Um, so, Mark, uh, why don't you take us away and uh, read his question for us? Sure. Here it is. It's, hey, guys, love the show. I don't have a lot of friends who are as into comics as I am, especially Spider-Man's little corner of the Marvel U. So I love hearing you guys wax poetic about a character I have such an affinity to. So my question is, Superior Spider-Man is a strange series because so much of the intrigue and basis of the story is relying on the fact that Doc Ock is Spider-Man and it isn't Peter in control. If a reader came into this series blind, without any sort of affinity towards the character, prior to picking up the title, these stories wouldn't have anywhere near the emotional weight that Slot infuses these stories with. Stanley's old adage was that every comic is someone's first comic. Could you guys speak to that for a bit? That's a that's a great point. I mean, you really do need the history and lineage to get the full emotional weight. But at the same time, I think Slot is done a great job in disestablishing this really kooky new corner of the Spider-Man universe. I mean, what do you think, Dan? Yeah, I, I think so too. But I, I agree that it would be tough to just jump into this series. We talked about this last week about uh, what – books we would, would say would be good to get people started on and it, I would not choose this one but um, you know I, I'm trying to think back to like the, the stories that I started reading and I started reading you know with like you know in the middle of the Venom stuff with Bagley and, and it couldn't be more complicated but um, I think so long as every story somehow contains the kernel of the great power great responsibility dynamic um, it can it can operate as someone's first issue because no matter where you jump in comics, it's going to be deep in some continuity at this point with Spider-Man. Um, so, yes, okay, Superior Spider-Man, uh, that and the Clone Saga might be the two periods of the most confusing places to jump into. But I, I think I think yeah, everybody's com- every comic could be someone's first comic, but oftentimes like the joy is not knowing everything and then trying to figure it out. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 not to counter, but simultaneously agree with you. But I, 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 I think I'm not as 
adverse to recommending this series to somebody as as you might be who's who's a newbie because i think that that's kind of the beauty of the superior concept is it, it's kind of this this wild ride for long-term fans because i mean let's face it we're all just anticipating not because we want this story to end but like how is this going to be resolved how how are we going to get back to the status quo you know i think that's for for long-term fans but for for fans just checking this out and like giving this a read it's not like the story is hard to follow i mean it's like you know it's like this is the premise he he defeated he defeated his rival peter parker he took over his body and now he's the superior spider-man these are his adventures and and you can take it at that face value and i think still derive some enjoyment out of it and 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 why and you know having any kind you know even just a a a little bit of background about the fact that this is a villain doing this still get a lot out of it that's just me i don't think you have to totally be a hardcore fan to really enjoy what superior is doing yeah and i I mean the little things that are confusing are things like you know like stunner coming back and the history there but even even amongst like big fans i think stunner and her background is a bit like cloudy you know it's not like the most so like it's a way to introduce someone and 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 i think like when you especially when you have someone like dan slot who's so like chatty in his in his dialogue and descriptions you know uh he does a really good job of bringing you up to speed and so you can do advanced concepts like this but you can still maintain uh you know getting a new reader base now like you know if we're we're valuing this versus early spider-man stuff i'd still say you know, early Spider-Man is going to be simpler, but but yeah, I, yeah, I agree with you, Mark. You know, you can do high concept yeah. stuff and still make it accessible. Yeah, I mean, like compare this. I mean, not to get too off on a tangent, but compare this to like what Jonathan Hickman's doing with Avengers. And I, actually, I mean, I like Avengers right now, but I mean, my goodness, that is some really deep, high concept stuff. That like, you know, I'm I'm still going back and rereading sections of Infinity because I'm like. I'm like, I feel like I missed something here. We're at point B and I don't know how we got there because it's just he, he he's just very, you know, it's a very sci-fi based and high minded and, and and what have you. So and, and, you know, that's that's a series that obviously was rebooted around the same time that Spider-Man was with Marvel now. So like, you know, and you got people who are coming off the movie seeing Avengers and wanting, oh, I want to buy an Avengers comic and having Jonathan Hickman and and his infinity concept there and the builders and the and the and and Thanos and his son and all this kind of crazy stuff and you're probably like wait what is this <laughs> what happened? where's where's Scarlett Johansson and the Hulk you know what i mean so yeah so I, think I, I have no idea what is happening in that series every time it, i pick it up i'm just like what yeah, it's crazy. It's it's really it's like you you really need to have read everything and then kind of also know how Jonathan Hickman writes to fully get anything out of it. So that's that's I guess when I'm when I'm talking about the accessibility of it, that's that's kind of how I'm comparing it to because I I mean not for nothing, but but with the success of the Avengers movie last summer, you probably got a lot more people just. Oh, picking up Avengers for the hell of it, like oh the Avengers, I love that movie, I want to read the comic, and then it's like what. Who's this? Whereas with Spider-Man, I feel like you can just pick it up. You, could, I mean, if you started in January, you would understand what's going on now, even if you didn't get all of the continuity stuff. 
Yeah, and I know a lot of people who haven't read Spider-Man for a very long time and actually are reading this. Um, you know, uh, and uh, you know, I've seen them on the internet, and and they I have people that said when this ends they'll stop reading Spider-Man. We have a couple fans who have sent us comments like that, and okay. Great, you know that's interesting. It's a very different demographic than who we are, very clearly. But uh, but yeah, I guess they exist. Right. Well, anyway, uh, Zachary, we 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 appreciate you sending in the mail um, and for for getting us kind of going back and forth on this. But you know, I, I don't know, Dan. Are we did we did we come to a common ground? I guess we kind of did, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it's about usual for us. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't why don't we continue with our reviews? Great. Let's move into our review of Superior Spider-Man Annual Number One. All right, Dan, it's an annual, so you know I'm excited. That um, means it counts, right? It counts. It counts. I, the, I, I, this one, I, I felt like Dan Slott was talking to me when he kept saying on Twitter that this one counts. Um, so we, we read it. I guess it counts in that, you know, it was, it, in terms of annuals are concerned, it was a well-put-together issue. Um, but, I mean, does it count count? What, what do you think he meant by counts, Dan? I mean, uh, if if we see this referenced in the future, I, I guess it counts. I mean, I, really, it depends on the follow through. There's no way to read a story and go, "This one definitely counts," unless it has like a real status quo changer. And I don't think this one really does, except for the idea that maybe every single criminal is going to leave Peter alone now and not look into that, and uh, uh, or if May ever refers to this incident again and how freaked out by Spider-Man she is now. I don't know. We'll see. But, uh, you know, there's no good way to measure if people are leaving Peter alone other than hearing them say that. Because right. otherwise we just won't see anyone come after Peter. So Right. It, I, I did like seeing the tracksuit mafia a la Hawkeye show up in, in this issue at the end there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> without without saying bro though, 40 times. But, um, you know, it's it's... It's funny. I mean, we, we, we talk about it counting or not. Um, what, what, what kind of struck me about this comic, and I don't know if I'm alone in this, but, um, you know, I, I, I kind of see the superior storyline playing out like a three-act play, where you have the the first act, which was kind of establishing the character and establishing his take on, uh, with great power must also come responsibility, and kind of his twisted view on it. The second act is kind of like the the the, the the apex of 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 spider rock and now we're in this third act where you kind of feel it all coming downhill and the shoes starting to drop and uh in terms of the time of the tone of this issue and and the themes and the narrative this felt like it was a first act story right i mean like you know we get the torture scene that's supposed to like shock and and make us cringe and all that but you know 
Like, I, I feel like we've we've been there and done that with 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 this character at this point, right? Yeah, I mean, it's the exact same storyline we were getting that grew really tiresome, I think, after a while, where there's, like, that new threat that arises, and then Ock is, like, really prepared to deal with it in a way that Peter never could, and then deals with it in a way that Peter never would, um, and I grew bored of that after a while, and this one has kind of a new wrinkle, but I wouldn't exactly call it that shocking, like you said, because this is a story we've kind of already seen several times already. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, obviously, you know, Otto torturing Blackout, the villain here, I mean, that's that's a line that Peter would never, ever, ever cross. But, you know, so was shooting Massacre in the head and killing him. And I think I think if if that was how he would have he could have dealt with Blackout, just shoot him in the head and kill him. He would have, but that you know they established. Well, you can't kill me. I'm I'm, I'm half demon or whatever. So he 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 did what he does, which is he he you know eliminates the problem by any means necessary. With great power must also come responsibility. That's his interpretation of it. It's twisted and it's gross, but that's what his interpretation is. So um, it, it just. Like I say, like I, I mean, I almost wonder if this story was because even like reference like the jester and and screwball issue, which I mean, I know it's only been a year since this story started, but that don't that feels like an eternity ago at this point. You know what I mean? Like so much has happened in this universe, so like to be referencing these these issues, you know, issue six um, when we're in, you know, we're up to issue twenty two or you know, twenty three right now. Um, it's just like I almost wonder if the story was written and kind of tabled and then they brought it back for an annual. I don't know. Yeah, because uh, they've been advertising this thing for quite a long time too. Yeah, yeah. Um, one thing I did like – and this is, this is just like a little silly thing from me was I liked that scene where Spidey goes to Ghost Rider and it's like kind of like talk to me about Blackout because like I don't know. I feel like it's those signs – it's it's the sign that there's still like these little corners of the Marvel universe, and and when characters kind of intermingle, there's almost a, a special feel to it. Like, oh, that's right, these are your villains. What, you, what? How do I do this? And we don't get that as much anymore because everything is so, you know, homogenized in terms of the crossovers and the mega arcs, and you know, Civil War and. AVX and and you know everyone is fighting everybody else all the time. It seems that like you know it, it just kind of reminds me of like the Cosmic Spidey arc, which I talked about on Chasing um, uh, last month. And and you know the whole premise of that was like you know the villains get together and they're like, okay, we're all going to pair off against different heroes because then we'll finally be victorious because they won't be prepared for us. And it's like it's just that kind of hokey like old school comic book writing mentality that I, I like seeing kind of rear its head a little bit in this issue. Yeah. I just liked how casual it was. You know, we normally see these team ups and, and, and the only like intersections we see between people are when they're fighting alongside each other or against each other, like you were saying in these big major arcs. But I like that he could just roll over to this dude's garage and ask him a question. Yeah, no, definitely. It, it was, it was pretty cool. Um, what, what did you think of the art in this book? I really enjoyed it. It felt like some really nice kind of like Silver age stuff. And uh, and this is uh, uh, Javier Rodriguez both inked and uh, colored and drew this uh, issue. So you can feel that like synergy throughout the whole thing, especially in the, the, the scenes where he throws the lights out 
and they're fighting in the dark, and you can see like the way that Blackout's costume goes pitch black. I thought that was really beautiful. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I and like not only was the art silverish, but they definitely made some amazing Fantasy Fifteen references, like the wheat cakes line at the beginning, right? Yeah, yeah, just replacing Uncle Ben with uh, with Jameson Senior. Yeah, but I liked that it was like, don't eat too many. I can, you know, I, he's too he'll get too fat instead of I can hardly out wrestle him now. You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, especially because it's Doc Ock, and we know that he might get fat. Well, <laughs> this is very true. Poor it comes down to its was it eating habits or metabolism? Yeah, I don't know. Poor Otto Gunther, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, what's your grade, Dan? Uh, I'm giving this one a B minus. It's you know it's enjoyable, but uh, I wish the story was a little more uh, in keeping with the way the stories have been telling told in uh, Superior Spider-Man recently. Yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm also doing B minus. Um, I, I guess I'll say that. That's for me for an annual. That's a pretty pretty good grade, right? Yeah, I know you and your feelings about annuals. I mean, this this I mean that almost makes this annual as good as the Peter and MJ wedding, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that you're going to find it on the shelves for the dollars that that issue goes for. Actually, that yeah. issue doesn't go for a lot at all. You can find yeah. it pretty much anywhere. No, but if you, I, I, I still kicking myself over the time that I saw uh, at a comic book show it was the Peter MJ wedding annual from I guess a promotion they did at Shea Stadium. I came in a Mets bag, and I'm a big New York Mets fan, sadly. So that was kind of like hit, scratching two itches for me. But it was like they were charging fifty bucks for it. I just didn't want to pay it. But yeah, you know. But anyway, I digress. Dan, why don't you take us on home? Well, guys, you can find all of our Superior Spider Talk podcasts at superiorspidertalk.podomatic.com or find us on iTunes by searching for Superior Spider Talk. And if you do, please leave a rating and comment to let us know how we're doing and we'll read it on the air. It's those comments that keep bringing people to the show and help us grow our community. So we really like to see them. Uh, We didn't have any this week, but maybe you could be the one person next week to help us out. If you have any opinions on these comics that we talked about today or any questions of course you can email them to us at superiorspidertalk at gmail.com and like we did today we'll address and read them on the air yeah and also be sure to check out our facebook page at facebook.com slash superior spider talk because it's a great place to keep up with us in between shows because we'll put up articles that we've written and other breaking news about the spider-man universe and of course how to get in touch with us um and dan where can we find you on the social medias you can find me on the interwebs uh, at dangavazdan.com or on Twitter at, at dangavazdan. Um, and you can read all of my movie reviews, including my review of Hunger Games Catching Fire, on my website, grindmyreels.com. How about you, Mark? Yeah, you can find me on www.chasingamazingblog.com. That's the home base. Uh, we got no, we got no themes in December, but, um, I hope everyone enjoyed the reader request month in November. I'll probably put something up at some point to kind of catalog all those posts. Um, you can find me on Twitter at chasing ASM blog on Facebook at facebook.com slash chasing amazing. And then of course you can find my gimmick or good column at comics should be good. We were on a brief hiatus while, uh, CSBG did their top 50, uh, top 100 storylines reader vote. But uh, actually, uh, my column about Max Number One from Image Comics in the 1993 recently went up. So be sure to be checking out Gimmick or Good. Yeah, and I want to uh, call special attention to your blog, Mark, because you put up a great article 
uh, about Stegron that, <laughs> that I requested. And I actually wrote a really nice piece about how Mark and I like met and became good friends. So if you're interested in more about Mark and I's history, I guess you can go there and read about it on his site. Well, Dan, it was a very easy piece for me to write. So, uh, and and and, what, and my favorite kind of pieces to write, even even if I didn't give as much ink to Stegron. Although I did put some great Ross Andrew art in the article. So there's there's if you're a Stegron fan, you're disappointed by reading this warm and fuzzy story about two guys who met on the internet. Then. Um, you know, you get Stegron images, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, Mark, uh, I have to tell you that uh, I had kind of had an interesting weekend after Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah? Um, what, what what happened? Do tell. Don't well, tell me you were in New York again and you didn't call. Well, I was, but you weren't there because I accidentally got in a time machine and it sent me back to New York 80 or 90 years ago. Oh, Interesting, and, and and what did you find in New York eighty or ninety years ago? Well, I was you know I was strolling down the streets, and I, I'll tell you, New York was a really different place back then. I, I, I was quite shocked, you know, and um, there were like you know just all these like really well dressed people walking down the street, and and uh, and a lot of guys who gave me a really funny look. I mean, because I was wearing my like very hipster glasses and and my plaid shirt and everything that I'm known for. And uh, I kind of stuck out like a sore thumb. And uh, there were all these guys gathering around this one kind of like really uh, dapper-looking dude by the name of uh, Johnny Jerome. Have you, have you ever heard of this guy? <laughs> no. Who's Johnny Jerome, man? Well, you know, uh, I, I was curious about it, too. You know, what was the big deal about this guy? And... Um, he had this woman, uh, you know, hanging off of his arms, who 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 is quite lovely. Uh, I believe her name was May Riley, and uh, and, and and they seemed to be, you know, together. Um, and there, there was there was this other nice guy who was working in a textile factory nearby that I, that I met, who who seemed to be eyeing them quite quite jealously. And uh, and and I asked him like, what's the deal with this Jerome guy? And he told me about how like. You know, much of a gangster this guy was, and how he was in love with this May Riley character. Oh, I know who you're talking about. But you know, the good thing was, he, he didn't end up with May Riley, right? Who, Jerome? Yeah. No, I, I mean, I didn't hang around long enough, but I did look it up in the history books. Yes, you know who who May Riley ended up marrying? Who? Who was it? What was it? The textile guy? Yes, it was. It was the textile guy. My uncle Ben. And you know what Uncle Ben always used to say to me when I was a wee one? What 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 was it? Well, first it was don't go near that Johnny Jerome guy. But then it was also with great podcasts must also come superior spider talk. <laughs> 